Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of When the Ice Cream Hits the Fan. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer here at Harmon Brothers. I'm joined today by Mandy Shepard. Oh, uh, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I go through a lot of different uh, nicknames around the office, so I'm not used to responding to Mandy Shepard. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever said those two words together yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Mandy, um, yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Mandy. Uh, I go by Mandy K or MK around the office. I'm the brand strategy manager here at HP. Um, I also direct and produce things here and there. You always wear a lot of hats when you work at Harm Brothers, so there's never a, a quiet moment. Nope, never a moment to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> um, today, speaking of not breathing, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, for real though. Speaking of not breathing, we're in this room that is on like the edge of our office. It's a corner office with all windows and we just turned off the AC so that the sound would be better for you guys. What we do for you guys. <laughs> I hope you appreciate right. our sweltering. Sound is clear, but we're sweating heavier. <laughs> so it's perfect. And you might even hear some cars flying by because we're not in a studio right now. So um, yeah, talking office creative culture and we're here in our office, here in our office boiling to death. Okay. Um, so, part of our culture, though. We'll get to that. Part of our culture <laughs> is to boil to death. We did just get snacks in the office. Yeah. So that was a big win. It's about three years coming. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, he's on our growth team. He messaged me, and he's been a big advocate for getting snacks in the office for quite some time. And he's like, what's on your Costco wish list? And I sent him back a full list, and he got the jelly beans and the granola bars and everything delicious. Yeah, the gluten-free crackers. The gluten-free crackers. <laughs> yeah, which is helpful. A lot of us have different dietary restrictions. La Let me tell you something. LaCroc, La as it's known around the office. LaCrocs. LaCrocs. La got, got some serious LaCrocs going. Let me tell you something about Gavin. Gavin, he's very passionate. And so if he wants something, sooner or later, we will get it. Because he likes it for the good of all. We actually recently got a pebble ice machine because of him. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, Pebble Ice is the best, and he can come up with a five-paragraph essay on why that is. I did not know it was the best, but I do now, and it is He'll delicious, especially with LaCrocs. <laughs> Water <laughs> down LaCroix. It's the best. Nothing better than a tasteless, unsweetened soda that you add water to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's been good to have the snacks around. It's been good to have the pebble ice. But one of the things that comes to mind, at least for me, when it comes to creative culture, basically our mentality about where ideas come from, I'd say it's pretty similar to what you read about in Creativity Inc., right? Pixar's mentality. So basically, I'd say gr good ideas come from anyone, anytime, and anywhere. Yes. And so it doesn't have to, not all the great ideas have to come from me or come from Johnny, our creative director, or from Caitlin, our director and editor. They can come from interns, they can come from newbies, from basically anybody. And in all honesty, I think this creates a lot of frustration with our contractors sometimes, because when we go out and do a film shoot and we're bringing in people for the first time that are working on the sets and the design work, that if we don't properly kind of prep them mentally for that, then they can get a little bit frustrated when we're throwing ideas at them like a day before a shoot. We're changing something on them that they'd already been planning for for like the past two weeks and have built it. Right, and which is understandable. Super I mean, understandable. we feel for you. Yeah, I think, 
I think we maybe even burned some bridges that way, <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately, but I think that's on us for not yeah. prepping them, right? It's more of a lack of, I, I think it's not that it's a fundamentally bad idea, it's more a lack of communication on our part, right? For sure, for sure. Because this culture is so ingrained in us that we haven't even necessarily realized that it's there. And, and it came from, so I come from a fairly traditional film background, but Daniel actually came from a, an advertising background, right? Yep. Uh, Chicago. Yep. Not a film background, so he has done things differently. Yeah. So no film school for me, so I learned a lot of bad habits. <laughs> <laughs> when I approach a campaign that we're going to make or a video that we're going to make, it's very much with the end in mind. And um, I'm not as trained as maybe I could be in the process that's supposed to, quote unquote, lead up to that. And that's, like you said, both good and bad, right? Mm -hmm. Because it keeps us focused on what matters in the end, but at the same time, it can be frustrating to work with people in the industry that are used to doing it a different way. And so, like you said, sometimes we take for granted the way things work in here with the free flow of ideas between people and the kind of flat organization. And um, because that's not necessarily communicated to everybody outside that we work with, and so if they haven't worked with us several times, they're not necessarily caught up to speed mm -hmm. and it can be a little bit frustrating. So we'd like to just apologize to all our contractors. <laughs> right That's off. what this is. This just, is an apology. This is an apology podcast. <laughs> where we would like to, <laughs> We would like to ask forgiveness <laughs> of all the art teams, specifically locations, <laughs> managers and so on that we burned. Um, we tried not to burn, but like at, at times, yeah, we've had some bad habits that have kind of translated over to some stressful moments in work. But ultimately, I feel like we've all been able to get to great work yeah. at the at the end of the day, the end result, right? Yeah. So now that we've got the apology out of the way, I yeah. think we should talk about why we like it. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I, I so so with me, sometimes the ideas don't come until much later in the process. And a lot of people want to lock down on a script at this date and we're never changing it from here on out, right? Mm -hmm. Or I want to lock down on the production here based on these storyboards and nothing's going to change, right? Or I don't want to change this set piece or whatever. But for me, if I, I feel like if I have a good idea that comes and it's still physically possible to pull it off, like I want to make that happen both for the client as well as for us, right? For making something we're really proud of. It, yeah, it helps us to continue to innovate because mm -hmm. the only constant at Harm Brothers is change. Very much so, yeah. And whether that's on a film set or in the office, as we grow our team or as we develop different products like our book coming out or this podcast even, mm -hmm. or Harm Brothers University, we have had to pivot and it can be, like there's a heartburn moment, but after that heartburn moment's passed, it just, it's, it feels right. Yeah. You know that it's better for the product, for the end goal. Yeah. Like one specific story I would say when it comes to the good ideas coming from anywhere in any time is Dave Vance, who's the lead writer on Squatty Potty. I was kind of um, consulting with him about like a day or two before the shoot because I was making my shot list. Yikes. And as a, as a director that procrastinates things, um, <laughs> well, my I director mine loves that, but my producer is like crying inside yeah. right now. <laughs> no, I mean, I'd already kind of had a shot list that um, my assistant director was going off of to create the schedule. But I was basically locking down, okay, what, what are the shots I want? And then Dave just had this idea as we were talking about it. What if we had like the kids wipe their faces off with toilet paper <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> at the end of it? Yeah. And he's like, is that too on the nose? I'm like, no, I think that's brilliant. Let's do it. And it added 
you know, it added shots. It added a little bit of complexity there, like added two or three shots. Did you have kids already booked at that point? The kids were booked. Um, well, they were your kids, weren't they? Yeah. Well, one of them, <laughs> one of them was my kid. One or two of them were Jeffrey's kids. And it, it just threw in a couple of extra shots that our assistant director didn't know were coming. And so he ended up having to plan for that at the last minute and extend things. But it's also one of the moments that like is super magical for people at the end of the video. I don't know if magical is the right word. <laughs> It was super disturbing for people <laughs> for at the end, um, but yeah. So that that's how that one came about. We've had you know we've had this this, the idea for sure. Yeah, yeah. similar type of things. It's and, and, beautiful and wrap up. Well, and and I'd say before we released Purple, I mean we told the story before, but we the edit was not organized in the way it was where the egg drop didn't happen at the very beginning of the video. It was introduced like thirty seconds into the video. Mm-hmm. And then we literally were changing the edit um, 24 hours before release. It wasn't even that, it might have been 12 hours before release that we were changing the order of the edit because the idea came, what if we actually put this awesome part of the video right at the beginning? We were all like, oh, it works way better. Yeah, you know? I remember this story. Yeah. So in this podcast, we're gonna talk about a little nugget of our creative culture, mm-hmm. which is the fact that good ideas can come from anywhere, anytime, and anyone. It's not a top-down kind of approach very flat organization but we feel like great ideas can kind of be extracted from a collective as opposed to from a single genius yeah the, the purpose of both the squatty potty and purple stories are to illustrate any time principle but as far as anyone i can think of one of the first sets that i was on i, I think it was for fiber fix jonah Rinlisbacher, he used to work here he since moved to texas for his wife to go to vet school but he was a PA on a set. I production think. assistant. Yeah, uh-huh. that's a production assistant. So the production assistant is essentially, for those of you who aren't filmmakers, they're like the interns of a set. Like they do what's told to them, whether it's getting a special kind of kombucha for an actor or, can I say that? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, they're at the bottom of the totem pole. Yes, they're very much like the interns, right? Go get my coffee, go run and do mm-hmm. this, right? Yeah, and Jonah was asked to stand in for the actor on set And so he stood in and he had an idea um, right then and right there. And he said it. And if it was any other traditional film set, that would have been a huge no, no. And there is a method to the madness. I mean, ideally, especially when times get tough and timelines are tight and you need to hurry and shoot a lot of content, you will do want to funnel it through the director, right? You don't want to tell an actor to do this or do that. Like there, right. there is a system. Yeah, we still funnel it through the system. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. There still has to be some kind of organization and some kind of limitation in order for this kind of innovation and creativity to thrive. But it is less strict and less traditional. And we have found that that has helped us produce some of the magic that we have been able to come up with. So I remember this. I remember him giving that idea. Do you remember which line or what thing it was? I'm tr- racking my brain for what it was, but I sorry, cannot Jonah. remember. I'm sorry, remember. Jonah. But I remember that he did that. We remember, remember that, that you were a it. genius <laughs> in a moment, <laughs> briefly. We don't remember the genius, though. <laughs> no, for sure. And, and I think we see that a lot, even when people are coming in and editing with us for the first time. Absolutely. That we give them liberty to um, try out creative ideas. Um, kind of have a little bit of a, a saying we say around here, you never know till you go, right? Mm-hmm. That basically any, any idea that comes to your mind, is it great? Well, I don't know yet, just try it out and see, right? Mm-hmm. Throw it into the edit. Test it. Yeah, test it. It's all about testing it, right? Mm-hmm. And just see what sticks, throw crap against the wall. Mm-hmm. Spaghetti. 
or ice cream crap. to the fan, <laughs> if you will. This is a Harmon Brothers podcast. <laughs> we always you just talk throw about crap food. against the wall. <laughs> or ice cream. <laughs> so I think a lot of good ideas actually come anywhere. Meaning, when you go out and you location scout, mm-hmm. or you um, stand in a set that's been built for something, that as you're in that space, that some of the things that you wish would have come up in the moment, like when you're on set. That that's sometimes when some of the best ideas come, right? Mm-hmm. When you're um, improving with the actor. Yes. And when you think it's going to play it out a certain way, you try to shoot it like that and it's just not working. Mm-hmm. But then someone else chimes in and is like, oh, what if we tried it this way? You know, then it all of a sudden it works way better. I mean, just even on, on Fiber Fix, when we were launching the cars off the cliff, we chose the location of where we were going to launch the cars off the cliff. But it wasn't until we were there in the moment, scouting out the location, that the ideas for how the shots were going to play out mm-hmm. were really came into play when we could actually visualize where things were going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say all those ideas come in writing, but then there in that moment when you're actually touching and feeling and seeing everything, it, it makes it very different, right? Yeah, and, and that, that is a natural part of the film process, I'd say. But if you're not open to going beyond the script or going, if you're not open to adapting or being flexible with what your original idea was, even if you loved your original idea, then you'd really miss out. Yeah, it shuts down being able to, I think, get a better take or a better performance where, like you said, you hadn't originally visualized it that way mm-hmm. or thought of it that way, but it can work so well and it's still capturing what... The, the ultimate like story or mood that you're going for, right? Mm-hmm. I think a big part of the benefit of this idea is everyone is aware of this idea and is on board and is on the same page, that it creates this collaborative team effort to where everyone knows the goal, but everyone knows that they are a part of it. Yeah. So there's a natural passion that comes with knowing that your idea can make a difference. Right. And that your idea can go into a project and affect it in a way that will be visible to other people. There's a bit of like a point of pride, but also, I mean, it's balanced out with, it's not just you who did that. It's not a singular idea, I guess. It's ideas that brought it all together. Very much so. No, I think it's very much that way. And I think a job, a creative director or a director's job is as much about recognizing what ideas need to be brought together to make things work. Maybe even more than like having their own singular vision. At least that's the way I like to work, is being able to draw from the best creative talent um, in all departments, let them do their thing better than I know how to do it. And then if it's way off, then I can kind of steer that a little bit more, but let them bring something of their own to the table. So on chapbooks, in the scene where she says that chapbooks take less than 30 seconds to set up and you do it once, and then you have photo books for the rest of your life. She's like, 30 seconds, that's less time than it takes, technically that's less time than it takes to make the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the joke moment back and forth between the daughters, like what, 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 what? And then she kind of kind of scoots out of the room. And then- Well, in the final video, she runs out of the room, but the it final, didn't start out that yeah, way. Yeah, it didn't start out that way, it wasn't visualized that way. But on set in that moment, we were trying to hone in on the best performance and I wasn't actually directing. It was Atod that was directing. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what if we just have her run, just like bolt it down the hallway? And again, funneling everything back to the director. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, let's try it. And sure enough, when she just went darting down, that was the one that worked really well in the edit. It's one that punched the joke. And so I guess 
one word of caution if you're going to go this route of having good ideas come from anyone, anywhere, and anytime, is that you still have to, even if you have a flat organization, you still have to kind of follow a little bit of a chain of command. That things need to filter through your director mm-hmm. or um, your creative director, but ultimately on set, it's got to be your director. Mm-hmm. That it's got to either go first through the assistant director, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's be- the bigger the set, especially. Yeah, you can't have people chiming in, production assistants chiming in, and like you said, mm-hmm. shouting out something to an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, just try this. Like that, that gets out of hand real quick. We, we've dealt with that. Right, and I would say this even beyond sets, it, the bigger a meeting of any sort, whether it's a yeah. meeting within a company or a different type of production of any kind, the, the bigger it is, the more moving pieces there are, the more there's at stake, the more that system needs to be followed. Yes, yeah, I agree. I think once people know that system, know that they have that liberty, like you said, to contribute and to take ownership in something, but then it's clear how that channels through then I think it's very empowering for people. And I know it's really empowering for me whenever I'm directing or creative directing, knowing that I have like a hive mind, right? Of people to <laughs> That sounds draw like on. a sci-fi like uh, implant. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but like that I just have this collective of, of really talented people. And hopefully you're well, working we call with them brain really talented. Trust here. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you call them hive minds when we're not around. <laughs> no, it is it is a brain trust. But even beyond like our concentrated brain trust, which is like a select group of people that you're that you're using to consult and advise on helping you shape your project, your video. Just, oh, I see what you're saying. Just, you're I'm saying just saying across saying, the entire and across the entire organization that people have that liberty to chime in and have a good idea. Because the last thing we want is people to fear sharing something cool that yeah. comes to mind. Yeah. Right? So how do you filter through the bad ideas? Um, you come up with lots of bad ideas, and then. You see what's <laughs> like, how, how do I filter through the bad ideas? I mean, some of them you have to do on a gut level. Mm-hmm. Some of them you have to do um, with more quantitative data mm-hmm. where you like show. Actually test it. Yeah, where you test it, where you either test a script or you test um, a video edit on um, lots of different audiences to kind of see where the laughs are coming in or what's confusing people. And, but I'd say it always starts on somewhat of a gut level, right? Right. For whoever's leading up the project. Mm -hmm. That the director or the final say. With us, that's the creative director has the final say, but on set, it's the director that's running the show. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're one and the same. I've done both at once where I'm both the creative director as well as the director. And, but we've had other scenarios where Mm -hmm. like in the case of chat books, a Todd was directing and I was creative directing. And so if he didn't get something that I kind of had in mind, I'd be like, that was awesome. All that stuff you got. What about we try this one more thing, you know? And that's kind of the way it worked. The point is, whether on a film set or in the workplace, check your ego at the door because yeah. because you will find that ideas can come from, like we've been saying, anywhere, anytime, any place. But you have to cultivate that healthy environment where people feel like they can share that. The I'm, product will be better for it or service or whatever you're developing. It will be leaps and bounds better for it. I 100% agree. And I'd say along with checking your ego at the door, it's so important because you coming up with a really good idea for something I'm working on, that doesn't, how does that hurt me, right? Yeah. Like in reality, it can't hurt me for you to come up with a good idea. And if you have that mentality of like other people's good ideas don't make me a lesser creative. They don't make me a worse employee or that I'm not performing well, not at all. Like mm-hmm. just recognize that it's an awesome idea and let's all go make something awesome together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's this uh, one last thing to wrap up. I know we're running out of time here. But I picked up this idea where, I'm, I'm not sure where I picked it up, but that there are people who are creators and there are people who are spotters. 
and you need both. The spotters are those who can see a good idea and then execute it. And the creators yeah. are those who can come up with a good idea, but may or may not know how to execute it or know how to connect with the right people. And it's when you have both together or a team of both uh -huh. types of people together that your creation becomes magical. Yes, I agree. And honestly, I, I've found people that are both. Yeah. They can do both. And I feel like I'm somewhat of both, but my mind kind of switches back and forth. Yeah, it does kind of depend on the project or whatever your role is yep. for the project. Yep, cool. Well, that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> Covered some cool stuff today, guys. Thanks for joining us. If you're not already, make sure you're following this podcast when the ice cream hits the fan. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, I'm going to go eat some pebble ice now. I'm gonna <laughs> it's go, really hot in this I'm gonna room. I'm going to go in a, in a very cold room that's not this one. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. Over and out.